Welcome to Season 4 of Paychecks Pulse, an HR podcast where HR professionals can find great insights on today's top issues and be inspired to build and lead effective teams in a healthier workplace. Hi, everyone. Rob Parsons here. Welcome back to the Paychecks Pulse podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about generational differences in the workplace. Joining me are Martina Hopkins and Kirsten Tarnow. Martina is a regional manager for Paychex's Professional Employer Organization, or PEO, leading a team of 100-plus HR professionals who service over 5,000 clients in the eastern region of the United States. Kirsten is an HR services coach. She's worked in human resources for 20 years, spending much of that time providing HR consulting to small and mid-sized businesses. Martina, Kirsten, welcome to the podcast. So great to have you back here. Back here. And, you know, the generational issue is always such a great topic, especially with Gen Z really starting to make an impact in the workplace. So now we've got them, we've got millennials, Gen X, baby boomers. We've got them all to work with. Can you sketch out for me some very high level background about each generation? Understanding, of course, that every individual is different. Yeah, absolutely. First, I think the most important thing is for employers to realize that job seekers have many, many options. So be competitive and also be selective about your hiring choices, right? So the baby boomers are traditional um, uh, candidates out there, and they'll more than likely look forward to an in-person interview. What they're looking for also is flexibility in work schedules because they want to be able to attend grandchildren events and probably do some traveling for a longer weekend, right? Um, their health care is very, very important to them, as well as their retirement. So those are things to consider when you're attracting. For the Gen X, they're raising their families. So they, too, are very interested in health care options and spending time with their family. They want, a care, they want the um, flexible work environment as well. And as far as benefits, they're looking for 401K, tuition reimbursement. Those would be things that would be important to them. Millennials are expecting to be an online recruitment experience, right? Um, it's a place that they're comfortable with, and they will look to navigate the entire experience if possible online or um, remotely. They want career advancements to be clear and passing so that they understand how they can grow with your organization. For the Gen Zs, they grow up on social media. So be sure to prepare a strong presence out in the social platforms. What they're looking for is, is prioritizing salaries over benefits, so not quite the same as the other generations that we spoke of. That's great. That's a nice, nice high-level overview there, Martina. When it comes to retaining these people, like we can find them and we can keep them, when it comes to keeping them, what are you seeing different, for instance, between a baby boomer and a Gen Z? What's going to make them stay? What's going to make them move on? Yep. So I think, you know, as we're as we're talking about retention, some of the things that Martina had mentioned, um, you know, that really attracts and retains those workers, things like the flexible work schedule arrangement when we have um Generation X and also millennials. Some of the older millennials have younger families. So um, flexibility around that, maybe some on-site daycare options, um, you know, really that technology work from home option, but 
work from home flexibility um, and some of those remote scheduling really helps in those areas as well as Generation Z, who Martina had mentioned, you know, really grew up on social media, right? And so having that workplace, having those digital platforms, um, you know, self-service aspects to get in, see your paycheck, log your time, doing all of that um, through the computer really helps. Um, and I think that also comes, you know, um, you know, as we're talking about hiring um, and onboarding, you know, attracting the different generations from that aspect, one with technology platforms, but also considering, you know, the differences, right? You know, maybe looking at some more paper um, or going away from paper with some of the younger workforce. So um, a lot of things to consider. I was going to touch on that because I know I have, I have a daughter who's Gen Z all the way and her expectations for work are completely different. Even her her understanding and she feels very uh, much more comfortable with a digital experience where it's all laid out. It feels very much like everything that she does. I'm on the other side. I'm a manager and I am still I find myself still adjusting to some of these new digital platforms that we're using to get people onboarded and get your I-9s done and just all the work that has to be done. So how does a how does an HR manager navigate these different generations, different technologies, because we're trying to be more efficient, we're trying to be better there, uh, but we've also have to please many people. Yeah, so I think what's important and what I like about the subject is that really leverage into the folks that you have, right? Because we wouldn't want to say that folks over, let's say, 45 or 50 are not comfortable with the online experience, but what you can do is you can say that perhaps someone in their 20s is and match the two, right, for mentoring opportunities, for, for skill enhancements, and maybe an old paradigm was, you know, the more tenured person was teaching the, the newest person in the organization, that script has flipped on us. The, the newer, younger generation is coming into the workforce watching something that I might be doing and saying, oh, I have so much of a better way to do that. And when you, when you allow for that, that type of connection and facilitate it um, through your trainings, through your orientations and your onboarding, you're actually building a culture that melts away at the generations and, and really creates a more cohesive work environment. I, I love that idea of inclusion. I like how you talked about mentoring and training, skills development. I, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that that Gen Z is craving, absolutely craving, soft skill development. This this idea of professionalism, of persuasion, of influence when you don't have authority, the kinds of things that maybe back in my day you had time to learn as you climbed a corporate ladder very slowly and and over time, and they're looking to move ahead quicker. Can you talk a little bit about what the role that learning and development plays as I'm, I'm helping different generations achieve their different goals? I, I don't think it's really generational so much if you think about when we were all, whatever generation we're from, what went into the workplace. We wanted talk tracks, right? We wanted to know, we wanted to be trained how to answer the phone, how to close out a conversation, how to summarize a conversation. So it's not unusual to me, at least, that the Gen Zs are feeling the same thing. It's just that we've gone past that foundational learning, if you will, and we've been practicing it perhaps 10, 20, or 30 years in the workforce. So I think it's taking going back to remembering what we needed in the beginning and then making sure, again, 
that we leverage that in our learning um, um, materials. Um, you know, not everyone wants to go to a full path of online learning, even if they're a Gen Z. They want an opportunity to have some facilitation and, and have a cohort where they're talking to their, their new hire person, um, you know, their, their peer that's new hire, and finding out, did you gather from that information what I gathered from it? Let me play it back for you, what I think I heard. Kristen, what would you say? Yeah, and, and I, I like, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about, like, the option to kind of pick and choose the training. So having, like, a learning and development program where you have a lot of offerings, you know, dependent on the skill set, where they're coming in, and really meet them where they're at, right? So, and I think having the importance of a mentor to be able to help identify that and help them along the way is really helpful. Um, you know, I, a lot of the things that those that have, that have been in the workforce for quite some time take for granted, right? Those soft skills that you had mentioned, how to answer the phone, how to reply to an email, how to, you know, uh, maybe word tracks, right? Um, you know, wh when do they need that information? Do they need it right away? Or let's, you know, let's learn the job and then let's work on some of those soft skills and put together a plan. Because um, when we're talking about onboarding, it's not just an orientation meeting. It should be, you know, really just moving along with that individual really over that first year or even longer, um, checking in with them, making sure they're getting what they're needing, and then tailoring it to, you know, different communication styles, different learning styles, um, different generational aspects. I, I love that idea of personalization. I want to go back to, to, to Martina, where you started. Um, and, and Kirsten, you can jump in on this one, too, if you'd mm -hmm. like. Um, we talked about personalizing learning and development. You, you touched on all these different benefits and, you know, it's, it's not my father's Oldsmobile. Our benefits packages have very much evolved. Uh, employers are being a lot more creative, a lot more thoughtful, but it's also not one size fits all. So how do I get a feeling? How do I figure out what's the right mix to offer my employees when I've got this wide range and, and I can't do everything and I can't be everything to everybody how do I how do I craft a benefits package and and maybe learning's part of that uh, that matches up with my actual employees? Well, that's, that's it's not as hard as you think it is. Um, I would say, you know, be brave and have have an employee survey about it. When we survey employees, it doesn't mean we're going to open up the checkbook and do everything that they're inquiring about, right? We want to be able to weigh in. Is pet insurance really important? for your demographics. And in many parts of the country, pets became super important in our lives. So we want to make sure that we're matching that need, right? Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, training, also tuition reimbursement, those types of things will be very important. If you're in a college town, that's going to be one of the higher, you know, demands because that's just the culture that they're used to. So I think asking those questions, teeing it up in an employee survey, evaluating the survey, and then what we know most about surveys is always present out the results of the survey. And even if you're not, again, going to implement nine or ten different benefits, make sure that the employees know that you pulled in their information and value their feedback, and now this is how you're going to select perhaps maybe two or three additional benefits. Also, a lot of benefits are not employer-carried costs. They can actually be elected by the employees and paid fully by the employees. So it's a good thing to find out what, what really rings the bell and resonates for your employees. 
I, I love that note, Martino, about taking it back out to the employees and recognizing that you've been heard. I think that we've all taken surveys uh, where it felt like it just went into a black hole and there was no responsiveness at all. And it's like, well, am I just wasting my time here? Right. Something, so, yep. Something else I wanted to touch on, and and it plays a little bit into uh, that inclusive component where there is conscious or unconscious bias, younger to older, older to younger, maybe some prejudices that we're all just bringing to the party that we're not even thinking about. Um, and I could see that really impeding some of these efforts to build a team that's really multi-generational. Can you talk a little bit about how I can overcome some of those biases in my managers and in my leaders and 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 making it work better? I think one of the important things is training. Um, so when you have, you know, really selected your, your candidates that you want to bring in for an interview, get your interview team together and make sure that they, you know, understand interviewing techniques, um, that they understand what they should ask, what they shouldn't ask. Um, you know, questions like, um, you know, rather than what year did you graduate college, um, you know, at, tell, tell me about your work experience. You know, I have it be more open-ended rather than focusing on dates. Um, you know, we certainly have some of a lot of questions we shouldn't ask, but really asking those open-ended questions, making sure your, your interviewing team has that in their back pocket. Um, and, and we can help with that, right? So working through some of the trainings, interviewing techniques, do's and don'ts of recruitment, um, you know, you, you can lean on other people to help with that. I love that thought. And that's certainly something, and, and Martina, I'll let you talk about this a little bit. There are external resources I can go to. I don't have to go to, go it alone. I don't have to guess. Um, can you talk a little bit about about the places people can go to get a little bit of expertise, a little helping hand when they need it? Absolutely. So you mentioned in my, my uh, you know bio that um, I have a team of over 100 HR professionals. Um, they are fabulous. So, you know, one thing you can, can consider is working with Paycheck. Uh, we have many different sizes and shapes of uh, services that we can offer you in addition to, you know, payroll, taxes, retirement plans, insurance plans that we touched on, um, and also HR guidance. So folks are able to reach out on a regular basis and, you know, work with their dedicated HR professional to, to address some of these items and also to hear what's new in um, legislations, whether that be at the, um, you know, the U.S. level or down to uh, city and state level. So really partnering with someone, um, you know, we talk about learning, right? We have a full suite of online learnings, and we also will customize learnings, um, leadership learnings for your management team. Love it. So I've uh, I've got an interview question for you both right now. So I'll give you a minute to think on it. <laughs> Can you tell me a success story that you or one of your team members have had when it came to to really helping a company optimize how they're handling different generations or what they're doing, either to bring on a, a, a more youthful workforce and really get them engaged and productive right away, or to keep older members of the workforce, or in my case, more seasoned, uh, keep them, you know, firing on all cylinders and really making a difference. Do you have uh, any uh, stories in mind you can share? I do have one, one that I'm very proud of. So one of my HR professionals um, in the South Florida market, their client was um, is, is in construction and it's a family-owned business. And they were given a contract 
to open up one of the Amazon huge facilities. And so they were going to grow by about 100 worksite employees. And when their professional, their HR professional heard about this, she was very excited for them. And she posed one question to them, which was, going back to Kristen's point, how will your leaders be able to ensure that they're interviewing consistently across and bringing in the right talent? So we put together a program for them just to help them bridge that, that period of time where it was going to be mass hiring and making sure that they were you know, being consistent, understanding questions they're not allowed to ask, but also bringing in the best talent for their organization. That's great. Kirsten, do you have one for me? Yeah, yeah, I do. So um, a couple of years ago when I was um, an HR business partner, I had clients of my own prior to being an HR coach. Um, I had a client, uh, they were in Colorado, and they um, they were they were growing very rapidly. So similar story, right, um, to what Martina had told. Um, they were growing rapidly, but they also had an issue with um, retention. So they had a lot of employees who were leaving. And so one of the things we looked at and that I had discussed with them was really looking at their benefits packages. They weren't offering PTO. They weren't offering any other, you know, fringe benefits other than health insurance, which certainly is important. Um, so we came up with, with just some options. So really just kind of looking at the full strategy of, of what, what are they offering? What's their whole hiring process? Um, put together some benefit packets for them, um, some benefit, uh, fringe benefit plans, PTO, sick time, all that good stuff. Um, talk through some flexible work arrangements. And it really helped. Um, it helped on that aspect. And then also just, you know, getting people in the door. And so the full onboarding program I mentioned before, not just orientation, right, but just, you know, identifying mentors and, and getting new employees in the in the door and having them have a good experience, right? Because they're, they're starting a new job. That's also scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to make sure that they have a good experience too. Ah, uh, that's fantastic. Thank you both so much for joining the podcast today. This was a lot of great information. Absolutely. Thank you. I've, and I look very much forward to our webinar on this topic, and we'll have some more time to dig into these areas in more detail, and that'll be a lot of fun. Thank you to our listeners for joining. As always, please stay happy and healthy. Be sure to subscribe to this and our Paychecks Thrive Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Looking for more ways to keep your finger on the pulse of industry dynamics? Visit our resource center for the latest research, thought leadership, and news at paychecks.com slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, please stay happy and healthy. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023. All rights reserved.